You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, sponsored by Kendall King, bringing you the latest news, position analysis, and more. Here's your hosts, Matt Jones with Andrew Joseph and Scotty Bordelon. Arkansas, one last chance to gain bowl eligibility this weekend at home. The Razorbacks will play Ole Miss on Saturday night. It's a 6.30 kickoff on SEC Network. If they win it, they're going to a bowl game. If they don't, they have to beat Missouri next Friday in Missouri uh, to get their sixth win and get to bowl eligibility. There are some ways that five and seven teams can get to bowls, but obviously you don't want to leave any chance of of doubt there. You, You need to get that sixth win and the Razorbacks get a chance on Saturday against Ole Miss. Matt Jones with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Andrew Joseph of WholeHogSports.com. And, Tom, it it feels so weird that we're even sitting here talking about this because we felt so confident two weeks ago that they were going to beat Liberty and get that sixth win on on that day that now all of a sudden it doesn't feel like quite that certainty that it felt like going into November. No, it certainly doesn't. And, I mean – this possibility existed when you looked at Arkansas schedule in the preseason, you know, understanding they have a returning quarterback, but having some concerns about the defense and receiving core and this and that, they seem to have alleviated some of those concerns with a bunch of sacks early and guys like Jaden Hazelwood and Matt Landers, you know, really uh, uh, holding up the receiving core or, or, you know, producing. Um, But, there's three games you can point at and and really the tipping point of the season. If you ask me the Texas A&M game, the coaches and the players can't afford to um, look back on it and fret and all that kind of stuff. But fans sure can that you know, the A&M game, the Liberty game and the LSU game um, all decided by three points or less. And they haven't been winning the close games this year. So now they find themselves in this hole, but I, I do think this, I do think the players, believe in Sam Pittman's leadership and they want to win and we're going to see an honest effort out of the Razorbacks and I keep debating in my head are we going to see like which team wants to be out in the cold the most or is that not going to be a factor and if it is I I would I would think that the Razorbacks would be favored and if it's not a factor then Ole Miss with its power running game and ability to convert third downs and all that stuff certainly has an edge it doesn't feel to me like this year is a whole lot different than last year the difference is last year they won the close games they beat mississippi state they beat lsu by a field goal this year you just touched on the games that they've lost and and they were right there with a position to win all three of those games that they lost of course everybody remembers the goal line play against a&m uh, the two-point conversion against Liberty last week, there was, you know, an, another goal line situation. And you wrote about this this week, Tom, the, the fact that they've been goal to go, one yard to go, uh, four times this season where they've come away without points. And those have been in some of the biggest key moments of the season. I did write about that because it just it, – it, it hit me after the LSU deal like – this is a thing now. I mean, they, they had third and goal from the one and they, and they didn't get it in there and come to find out later that Sam Pittman says, if Hornsby pulls the ball on second and goal from the two, um, instead of giving it to AJ green, he has a walk in touchdown. I don't recall what the blocking scheme, you know, what, what, what it looked like at the mesh point, but um, everything co- goes, comes into play. You know, are you getting a knockback off the ball? Are you making the proper read? And um, are, can the running backs run through an arm or something like that? 
and they just had a lack of success. It, and it's not to say that they haven't scored at all down there because they have. I mean, the Auburn game had the clever um, the direct snap to Rashad Dubinian, who got a really nice seal block from Brady Latham and scored pretty easily over the right side. And there's been some others. But, man, it, it has been a, a healthy number of goal-to-goes and that does not even include KJ's jump from the three-yard line. So when you watch a game like last night, um, the Titans got stuffed on a fourth and short on about the Green Bay seven. The next time they came down there, um, they're at the goal line, and they run the very clever Derrick Henry, what looks like a dive play, and he pulls up and throws a touchdown pass to Austin Hooper. I think Arkansas is going to have to do more passing um, some misdirection stuff on first and second down so you, so it doesn't get in your head as much. And uh, maybe we'll see some creativity like that moving forward. Well, and I just mentioned that it's been in some of the key points in the season. It's not even necessarily games where the final score was close, but you think about Mississippi State, they had a, a one yard to go early in that game, and you wonder how that game might go differently if they're able to punch it in. It just seems like there have been a lot of kind of pivotal moments within games, you know, those one yard situations. Uh, one of the, the stories this weekend is going to be the weather. It's going to be cold Saturday night. The low in Fayetteville is 19. The high on Saturday in Fayetteville is 42, according to the weather service, but it's going to be a 630 kickoff. And, and typically you can bet that, you know, it's going to drop quite a bit right there as the sun goes down. So it's going to be dark. Sun's going to be down. I got to ask you first, Andrew, you grew up in Illinois. Are we being wussies about the weather or i mean is, do, do you think this is cold <laughs> is cold cold I, th I think this is this is football weather like this is what it's supposed to be like for me anyway like growing up in at edwardsville high school southern illinois these were what my friday nights were like uh going to watch the football team you sit out there you have your hoodie and some jeans on and you can see your breath as you're breathing uh but that was what made it fun like everyone was miserable together and so <laughs> it, it was it was fun to be out there and i think you just have to embrace it. Like it's not enjoyable, but if you, if you embrace it, I think uh, it definitely gives you maybe a psychological upper hand uh, instead of just kind of sitting there thinking about how cold you are. Uh, and I do think Sam Pittman mentioned they, they wanted it to be as cold as possible. They want to freeze out, but whatever. Um, and I do think that's kind of the culture that he's instilled in this team is, is that they have, uh, some mental toughness and that they're going to be able to overcome the the cold weather maybe better than old Miss will be able to. And I think that's just part of uh, the belief that he's instilled in this program. You know, I've always said with Arkansas, it's, I don't know if we're in the South. I don't know if we're in the Midwest. It, it seems like it's, or at least Fayetteville, it's kind of a blend between the two, but these, these teams, Arkansas and Ole Miss, they recruit predominantly players from, you know, warmer climate areas. Doesn't mean it doesn't get cold and, you know, North Texas or in Southern Louisiana or some of these places where they take a lot of players from. But I got to believe for these players this weekend, Tom, this is going to be a little bit of a shock to the system. These guys are not used to playing in this type of weather. Um, agreed. And I would think that if you studied the roster in detail, which I'm not going to do, uh, you'll probably find a few more guys on the Arkansas roster from, you know, colder type climbs. Um, I did look at the um, weather this week in Oxford and it was running kind of parallel, but Ole Miss practiced earlier in the day. And so I think on the whole Arkansas practiced in slightly cooler weather. Um, the thing that kind of probably even thing evens things out is it's, there's not going to be any precip involved. It doesn't look like. And so if that was the case, then, you know, ball handling, the passing game, all that kind of stuff comes into play more. 
but I think with it being dry, um, it, it, it evens the field, so to speak. And, uh, you know, honestly, I think both teams, I, I did a podcast with a guy in, in Mississippi this week, and I think both teams, they just want to run the ball and like, and, and, and control the game that way. And so I'm going to cross my fingers. We have a relatively fast paced game. And um, I don't think we're going to see scoring up in the fifties as we did last year, uh, just simply because um, I, you know, the, the possibility of having a helmet hit a ball or a, a hand hit a ball and it coming out is a little bit greater. So I think we'll see a little bit more, you know, turnover count and um, maybe the, a score in the thirties or so. Um, but here's a factor. I don't know if you were going to segue into this at some point, Matt, but here's a factor. Zach Evans uh, was out with a concussion against Alabama and I've been told he was knocked out. So the likelihood of him playing, I think is diminished. And Lane Kiffin himself said on Monday, the analytics say they're a different team. And I, and I means in production when they only have Quinshawn Judkins is their, is their lead guy. They're more productive as kind of the dynamic duo. So Will that play into this game? Yeah, it certainly could. Judkins is the SEC's leading rusher right now. He's got about, I think, maybe a yard and a half, two-yard lead on Rocket Sanders. Rocket had been number one all year, but his average has really taken a hit the last couple of weeks in these games against Liberty, and especially last week against LSU when he only had 46 yards. Ole Miss ranks number one in the conference in rushing yards per game. Arkansas is number two. Rush defense, they're very similar. I think about five yards separates them. Arkansas ranks seventh in the SEC, and Ole Miss ranks eighth in rush defense. And I've always felt like teams that can run the ball are built for November. And what I mean by that is that it, it seems like teams that throw the ball a lot, they have more trouble in cold weather. We saw it with LSU last week uh, with Arkansas too, but you know their quarterback situation was a, a whole other story. But it, it's just the fact that I think it's harder to catch the ball. Uh, I think the ball itself is is harder in, in this cold weather. I think it's harder for the quarterbacks to get a, a feel for uh, the ball when they're letting it out of their hand. And it just feels like teams that can run the ball are, are built for this. And so it basically comes down to a couple of offenses doing what they do best on Saturday night. And maybe whichever one, you know, defends it the best is going to be the team that wins. Yeah, I think time of possession is going to be huge. Just I think being able to sustain drives and, and keep uh, your offense on the field, because I think when the cold really affects you is not when you're out there playing and moving around. It's when you're sitting on the sideline, not moving. Uh, and that's when you start freezing up and then you get out there and you're cold, you're stiff, it hurts to move. But once you once you get moving, you get warmed up and you start to forget about how cold it is. And so I think if, if the offense can get out there, maybe sustain a, a long drive right away and get the, the blood flowing a little bit um, and keep that Old Miss offense on the sideline, it might might do them justice. And I think time of possession is going to be a huge factor, uh, specifically because Old Miss. I think I read one of your guys' articles the other day that Old Miss is, is uh, a relatively low time of possession, but their offense still scores a ton. And so I think that could be a bigger factor uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think it could weigh in. Um, you know, Jackson Dart, he's from Utah, and I'm not sure. Like there are pockets of Utah that maybe don't get as cold. Um, so I'm not sure what his background is like in really cold weather games. It could be that, you know, it, he really likes it. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure. But we know that KJ uh, is from Sardis, Mississippi, and probably hasn't had too many outings like this. I can't remember the weather at, at up at Missouri 
a couple of years ago, but I think it was pretty cold. So I don't know, being mentally engaged the entire game and not thinking about, man, I'm cold really does come into play. And yes, time of possession could, if if you keep the other team's defense um, on the field a long time, then their offense runs out there and they're thinking cold that could play into this. Jefferson also played in that Alabama game here a couple of years ago that was played in mid-December uh, because of COVID. Uh, that one was a, a pretty frigid game. And it's you know it's not to say that teams don't score points when it's cold. There can be high-scoring games in the cold. One of the you know most fascinating games I think I've ever been to, or at least from an Arkansas perspective, uh, was the 2015 game where you had Brandon Allen and Dak Prescott going back and forth down the field. And that was a frigid night, and the final score that day was 51 to 50. So there can be points scored. It just seems like more often than not, uh, the cold weather seems to keep the scores lower than than maybe what they would be otherwise. Sam Pittman even said, and I think Andrew, you alluded to this just a minute ago, that he thought the the scoring was held down last week against LSU somewhat because of the weather. Sounds like KJ Jefferson's going to play this week. Uh, Pittman during his midweek press conference said that, uh, you know, he'd, he'd taken uh, basically a lot more reps during practice than he had taken uh, in the previous weeks when he didn't play well against Liberty and he didn't play at all last week against LSU. And Tom, it's my feeling that if they would have had KJ Jefferson healthy in either of those games. And, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, maybe he was healthy and he was able to go through a full week of practice before Liberty and obviously healthy and would have been able to play last week against LSU with the way the defense played in both games. I think Arkansas probably would have won both of those because the offense, these last two games looked nothing like the offense that we saw the previous two weeks when they went to BYU, they went to Auburn had over 600 yards in one spot, had over 500 yards in another and scored 93 points those two weeks. I think if they have a KJ Jefferson uh, these last two weeks, the, the story's probably completely different about this football team right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And it's, that's, I think, a frustrating part if you're an Arkansas fan, knowing how close you were, knowing that the A&M game was, was really more given away than taken away. And um, I, I, I think against Liberty, if KJ is fully healthy um, or, you know, healthier, that they don't have the uh, offensive misfire so much early in the game and maybe they can pull away and get it close to what the – you know, the line was, which is 14 points. So it's just, um, it's just one of those things that some, some years you have to deal with it more than others. And I think we've always, I've always thought that um, if, if KJ's dinged up their, their chances of winning games goes down and, and, and yet they still, I'm, I've been scrolling for this as we, I've talked, they still had 400 and um, total offense against Liberty, 428 yards. They outgained Liberty by 113 yards, so it just it just came kind of late. So uh, I do I do feel like KJ is going to play in this game, and if he can make the proper reads, I know LSU uh, Ole Miss's defense has been playing a lot better, but I think the way they gamble and the way they send guys, they can get into the second level a good bit in this game. And uh, both teams are really good at at 20 yard plus and 30 yard plus plays. And uh, I think a healthy KJ will give Arkansas a better opportunity to have big plays. 
Yeah, I think there's really no excuse for this Arkansas team to come out flat against Ole Miss because you're getting two of your captains back on offense and KJ and Dalton Wagner. And I know Sam Pittman mentioned earlier that maybe the team was having a hard time getting up for those games against Liberty and LSU because their captain was dinged up or their captain wasn't playing or whatever. Well, they're both back. And so that should be it. Plus, uh, Slusher's back in the secondary. It's your first night game in forever at home. Uh, you need one win to get bowl eligible, and it comes on senior night against a ranked opponent like there could not be any more motivating factors that you should need to want to uh, put out an inspired effort to get this win and I think Sam Pittman's not really a, an X's and O's scheme them up type coach he's a motivator and I think he's going to have his guys ready to, to play at a, an inspired level yeah not just a ranked opponent but a game last year that they probably felt like they let get away against Ole Miss they had a great offensive performance they just couldn't stop them and then obviously missed that two-point play uh, at the end of the game, Tom, we talked about this earlier this week, but I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the defense and how well they seem to be playing since the bye week. Uh, it's my thought that if you can hold a team to under 300 yards in today's game, uh, it's a great defensive performance. If you hold them under, you know, probably 325, 330, it's a pretty good defensive performance. And against Auburn, uh, the starting defensive players gave up 318 yards. Auburn got 150 there toward the end after they had put some backups in. Uh, then against Liberty and LSU, 291, 284 yards. This just looks like a completely different defense over the past few weeks. You know, we know about some of the personnel changes, Hudson Clark to safety. They played Quincy McAdoo more at cornerback. You're seeing Chris Paul get more snaps. Uh, Barry Odom moved to the sideline about halftime of the Mississippi State game on October 8th. I wonder, just kind of give us your thought about all of those moves and, and, and what you've seen from Arkansas's defense that you think maybe has led to uh, what we've seen these past few weeks. Yeah, I think there are a bunch of contributing factors. I think McAdoo's uh, emergence at corner has allowed Barry Odom to more comfortably send guys and send blitzes um bumper pool reference that they're doing some slanting on defense now more slanting more twisting and uh i think it it i think it messed up lsu's blocking schemes a little bit last week uh but let's also not forget that liberty basically sat on on their lead they they passed really well on arkansas in the first half and then kind of kind of milked it from there and they in my view they got a little bit lucky that it took Arkansas so long to get it going because then they would have probably forced them back into the air. They, they lost a running back in that game. So all those things um, they've tackled a little bit better as well. And Sam Pittman brought this up a couple of times this week. It was, it was blitzing with a purpose. And he, he framed it like if you're blitzing to contain or you're blitzing to keep him in the pocket, sometimes you don't get home. But if you're blitzing to get the quarterback on the ground, there's a different mentality that comes with that. And that's the way they blitzed the last couple of games. And I think they got four against Liberty and they got seven against LSU. So uh, it may have been three and seven, but um, getting Jaden Daniels down that often was, is, was really a, um, a little bit of a surprise because he had been such a great guy at breaking contain and, and rushing yards. They had a great game plan for that game. I don't doubt that they'll have a nice game plan to keep Jackson Dart from, you know, just obliterating them on the ground. It's it's they got to get Quinchon Judkins on the ground. But um, 
Yeah, all in all, I, I do think getting the personnel more settled in the secondary is a big key. Odom on the sidelines, Quincy McAdoo's play at corner, all that has kind of uh, added up to where they are now. I think it was nice for Arkansas last week to see a pass rush where it wasn't just Drew Sanders because it felt like early in the year, I know that they had other players who had sacks, but it felt like it was a lot of Drew Sanders or, or bust in the pass rush. And I think they've maybe had to tweak things over the course of the last month, month and a half as teams have began to, to try to take Sanders out of it. And, you know, it, it wasn't Sanders that was getting to Daniels last week. It was the defensive ends. It was Terry Hampton coming up the middle in one instance. It was Chris Paul coming from the other linebacker position. Uh, they've, they've done a nice job, I think, of scheming in, in areas outside of Drew Sanders the past few weeks. Yeah, I'll hand this one to you quick, Andrew, but I'll say this. There were some combo sacks. That means multiple guys were getting close. Uh, Jordan Dominic was contributing early on with, with Drew Sanders, but I think Pooh Paul has – they found kind of a niche for him being a good uh, rusher. And when they do those delayed rushes, sometimes O-line doesn't account for him. They commit to someone else, and that's allowed Pooh Paul to get in there. Yeah, I think the negative plays for the defense is going to be crucial to stopping the Ole Miss offense because if you don't get in the backfield and force them into third and longs, they're just going to go for it on fourth down. Uh, and it's just demoralizing when you get a, a stop and then they go for it on third, fourth down and can continue the drive over and over again like they did last season um, against Arkansas in that win. And I think if that pass rush, if you can get Jackson Dart in the backfield and maybe set up a third and 10 or a third and long, then you can take away that, that fourth down uh, attempts that Lane Kiffin likes to do and get the ball back. Yeah, that's a great point. Scotty looked up some fourth down numbers for us earlier this week, and basically Ole Miss is not going for it nearly as much on fourth down this year. Arkansas is going for it on fourth down more this year than it did last year, and part of that's out of necessity. The Liberty game, they had to go for it on fourth down a number of times to give themselves a chance to win there in the fourth quarter. But the fourth down decisions, I feel like, are, are going to be magnified this week. Number one, because you've got Ole Miss, who's obviously not afraid to do it. And number two, because Arkansas has obviously hurt itself quite a bit here the last couple of weeks with some of its fourth down uh, uh, decisions. Yeah, they have. And, and Arkansas, frankly, has just got to be a better short yardage team. And when the other team knows you might be trying to run, they've got to – change things up. They've got to run some misdirections, maybe some end of rounds, maybe just some um, throwbacks. I mean, there's a bunch of different things. And um, I, I think they feel like, well, we can move a guy, we can move a team off the ball. And so uh, on a few occasions where they haven't just tried to run, you know, Malik Hornsby had Matt Landers wide open at Mississippi state and he just missed him. Yeah. It's been kind of head scratching for me for a, a power run team that, likes to lean on their veteran offensive line. They got a 250-pound quarterback. Rocket Sanders is a huge running back, and they they just haven't been able to convert in those short-yarded situations, whether it be the, the third and goal, fourth and goal that we talked about earlier, or even just the third and ones, the fourth and ones at midfield going forward on fourth down. They just haven't been able to fall for a yard when they really needed it. The Whole Hog Football Podcast is sponsored by Kendall King. Design, displays, signage, kendallking.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-K-I-N-G dot com. The Kindle King Group family of companies plays to win, just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today. From digital omni-channel creative services, through in-store signing and displays, and finally to social influence, we've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies... 
Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs! Bud Anderson is proud to be the official heating and cooling provider for the Arkansas Razorbacks. This partnership will support all Razorback athletics for over 400 student athletes across 19 sports. Whoopee! Wholehogsports.com has the largest, most experienced staff of reporters covering sports in Arkansas. Football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. You'll find it at wholehogsports.com. The website includes up-to-minute news, daily commentaries, and award-winning photography from the staffs of Hogs Illustrated and the Democrat Gazette. For subscriptions, call 1-800-757-6277. That's 1-800-757-6277. Or visit us online today. Wholehogsports.com. Want more coverage of your home team? Download the Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Check out the Fan Zone and get up-to-the-minute videos, podcasts, and features on football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. Search for Whole Hog Sports on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire at home. And take it with you on the go by downloading it for your mobile device in your app store. The Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Get it today. Welcome back to the Whole Hawk Football Podcast. About 13 years ago, Urban Meyer, the Florida coach at the time, he kind of run SEC football the week before Thanksgiving, uh, whenever they started scheduling cupcakes <laughs> this time of year. And now everybody does it. They did it to prepare for their game for Florida State. And now you see it all across the SEC. Uh, not a whole lot of big matchups this weekend. You just kind of look down the list. Uh, Alabama hosts Austin P. Mississippi State hosts East Tennessee State. UMass is at Texas A&M. Uh, Western Kentucky goes to Auburn. New Mexico State goes to Missouri. UAB goes to LSU. Arkansas has never really done this, where they've put that cupcake in what I consider to be week 11, uh, you know, the 11th game of the season. Uh, they're going to start doing it next year, though, and, and you see this on their scheduling moving forward, uh, that they plan to have these types of games uh, in this weekend moving forward. Next year, they're going to play Florida International uh, the week before the Missouri game. The year after that, they're going to play uh, Tom's alma mater, Louisiana Tech, the week before Missouri. I don't know that Louisiana Tech's necessarily a pushover, but it's it's not an SEC team. And so Arkansas is going to join that trend of teams. And it might get to the point, Tom, that we're not going to have an SEC game at all this week if they allow the teams to keep scheduling like this. Well, I think the SEC office would step in and say, you know, that we got to have at least four conference games. That So I yeah. don't know if we'll ever reach that point, but especially after the uh, Oklahoma and Texas come in. That's a good point. You know, the scheduling is going to change maybe even to a nine game schedule after Texas and OU come in. All right. SEC games this week to watch. Of course, we've got Arkansas Ole Miss. That'll be our last game to pick. Let's start with uh, maybe an easy one here. Florida goes to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt did snap its SEC losing streak last week by beating Kentucky. Uh, but they bring in a Florida team that's played pretty well this year in their first year under the new head coach. Um, I would just be picking these basically against the spread and because um, Florida will win. It's a matter of whether they cover, and I'm not sure what the spread is. Yeah, I've got I've got Florida in this one as well. I think um, Anthony Richardson, early in the season, I thought he was going to be a Heisman candidate. That did not come to fruition, but I still think he's a dynamic athlete and has a high ceiling and when he puts it all together, he's tough to stop, and I don't think Vanderbilt's capable of stopping him. Florida's a 14-point favorite 
at Vanderbilt this week. SEC's picked up Georgia going to Kentucky. Of course, Georgia number one. Kentucky, the, this has been kind of a, a really interesting season for them. It has really uh, gone differently than I think the years that we've been expected for Mark Stoops to have. Big time. I mean, I, I picked a, my upset special that week was Kentucky at Ole Miss, and they should have done it. And they got down there twice, and Ole Miss's defense rose up. Um, and since that point, they've they've had a bunch of disappointing losses. Um, I think um, I think Georgia goes in and probably covers the spread. Uh, this is going to be a real test of Kentucky's metal to whether they, uh, you know, how, how how bad do they want it? Because it's probably going to be cold as well. Yeah, I, I think Georgia covers this one also. Just Kentucky can't be in a, a, the right mental state, I think, after you lose to Vanderbilt and then you have to play the number one team in the country. That's just pouring salt on the wounds, and I, just, I don't think they'll get up for this one. I do think it could be a low-scoring game because for as bad as Kentucky has played win-loss-wise, their defense is still very good. It's, it's a top-25 defense nationally. Of course, Georgia's defense is great. It feels like this could be one of those games where, you know, uh, number one, it goes really fast because you got a lot of runs going in this game. Uh, but it feels like this could be like one of those, you know, 14 to 3, 21 to 6 type games. Uh, but, but ultimately that Georgia pulls out. This game is not an SEC game, but a lot of people will blame the SEC for it going away. Bedlam is this week in Norman. Oklahoma State goes to OU. Man, I really struggle with this pick because Oklahoma State has uh, got off to the great start. And then I think the quarterback Sanders has been hurt. And Oklahoma's had such an underwhelming performance this year after I think they were in the top six or seven teams in the country going in. Uh, I would tend to favor the home team, uh, but I think Oklahoma State's going to win this one. Just just a hunch. Yeah, I struggled on this pick too. And I'm, I'm looking back at my picks now, and I've, I've got Oklahoma – and I'm trying to remember why I made that pick that way. Um, <laughs> it's probably because, like Tom said, they're the home team, and I, I couldn't really decipher on which team I wanted to go with. Uh, I think OU's, I don't know, just the, the name recognition, I think they, they've got to get a marquee win at some point. So, I think Spencer Sanders is back for Oklahoma State this week. I like Oklahoma State along the line of scrimmage more than I like OU right now. Uh, you know, and I, I think Oklahoma State went through that couple of week stretch where they didn't play very good against the Kansas schools. And I, I think that they're going to go down to Norman and win this. There's still a lot more to play for for Oklahoma State this year than there is for OU. Oklahoma State, this could still be a, a 10, 11 win season, uh, depending on, uh, you know, what happens with the bowl game. I think they could potentially still get in. There's a path that they could still potentially get into the Big 12 championship and play against TCU. So I think Oklahoma State wins in Bedlam in Norman, and obviously there's that whole Oklahoma leaving for the SEC motivational factor uh, that you know I don't think Oklahoma State's too happy about. We mentioned Tennessee goes to South Carolina. The Vols still in great position for the college football playoff, ranked number five, and a lot of people think that depending on how Ohio State Michigan goes next week, that Tennessee could potentially slide into the top four. Yeah, and it looked like Josh Heupel was going for some style points at Missouri's expense last week, and I don't doubt that he would do the same if he gets the chance here. South Carolina's just been too up and down. Um, I mean, they got ranked at some point, and um, I think Tennessee will uh, will win and, and cover. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I don't think South Carolina is as good as maybe they were 
portrayed to be. I never, I don't think they should have been ranked in the first place, uh, and I think Tennessee wins this one pretty handedly. You see where Tennessee is going to wear the orange lids this week for the first time? Uh, kind of an interesting look. You know, they wore the black helmets for the first time a few weeks back, and now this week they're going to wear orange helmets with the the white tee. It, it, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It, it kind of looks natural for them, even though we've never seen that for Tennessee. So that's something to look forward this weekend too, in uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, for people who are uniform junkies. All right, Arkansas Ole Miss. I, I really wish that we had Scotty on here because he would break this up. Because I know which way we're all going. Because I have all your predictions beforehand. But the Razorbacks trying to get that sixth win. Ole Miss, of course, a lot still to play for. Uh, you know. Like we said with Oklahoma State earlier, this is still a, an Ole Miss team that could get into one of those New Year's Six Bowls, uh, you know, a 10, 11-type win season. is still on the horizon for them. Tom, who are you going with? For all the reasons that Andrew uh, listed earlier, a lot of incentive to get bowl eligible and perhaps a slight nod to the cold. I think the Razorbacks are going to play a little bit better in the cold. I've gone with them. I'm, I mean, I certainly considered going the other way, but – I just feel like they're going to get the bowl eligibility this week. Yeah, I'm going with the Razorbacks, and it's it's certainly not a, a slam dunk pick, but I think just they have too much on the line to to come out flat again. I think just Sam Pittman, when his team's are, backs are against the wall, he's going to be able to put them in the best position to succeed, and they've got they just need the one win on senior night at home in the night game. Like you can't write a better script, and I think they're gonna they're gonna pull it out. I'm partially having to go with Arkansas because three, four weeks ago, I said I thought Arkansas was going to beat Ole Miss, so I need to stick with that. But, you know, the thought that I had at that time was that Ole Miss has not played really well defensively this year, and they've had some lapses in their run defense. Auburn, uh, Tank Bigsby had a huge game against Ole Miss in a game uh, that they ended up winning in Oxford, that, you know, Ole Miss ended up winning there in Oxford. Uh, I think the Razorbanks with a healthy KJ Jefferson, their run game is just a totally different. I've always felt like the his ability to, uh, you know, make the right read and the zone read option is a really underrated aspect of his game. Uh, I think that it allows uh, them to get some better looks in their run game, whether it's him uh, holding the ball and running it himself, whether it's giving it to, you know, the different running backs who are in there with him. Uh, I know Ole Miss played better defensively last week against Alabama. This really hinges, though, on that. I think Ole Miss has some defensive lapses in the run game and that I think K.J. Jefferson's going to be uh, as healthy as we've seen him in a few weeks for the Razorbacks. If he's not healthy, you know, I think that you, you kind of throw all the bets out the window. But I, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I think that there's something to play for for Arkansas here and for as you know, much hand-wringing has been about this football team over the last few weeks. They're three, four, five plays away from winning those two games, even with subpar quarterback play and so i think that having jefferson back in the fold as long as he's healthy it's a good opportunity for arkansas this weekend and i think there'll be a lot to play for a lot of motivation to come out and play well in front of their home crowd for the final time this season again arkansas and ole miss 6 30 saturday night sec network you can come visit us at wholehogsports.com for all of our coverage before during and after the game we also have a lot of basketball coverage going right now the razorbanks getting ready for their trip to the maui invitational where they'll play louisville on monday afternoon you can also listen to the latest basketball podcast of mid-america that dropped yesterday on this same podcast channel for tom murphy and andrew joseph i'm matt jones we appreciate you joining us and we'll see you next week on the whole hog football podcast the proceeding has been a production of wholehogsports.com 
Look for our latest podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast store. And visit us anytime at wholehogsports.com for the latest news and commentary.